Hey, Chelanoi, how's it going? We're returning to a fun topic um, regarding uh, some of the licensed cultivators uh, and their stances on whether or not we should have the civil liberty uh, to grow our own cannabis for personal consumption. Right off of the bat, remember, this conversation is going to revolve around cultivating cannabis for personal consumption. All of those words are really important, but the last two are especially important because these motherfuckers conflated this argument as if we're advocating for the ability to grow at home and sell to whoever we want. No. Right off the bat, this conversation is focused around home cultivation for personal consumption. So folks have, so folks that are new, that are listening, we've talked about this topic before. Um, I originally started a discussion on the subreddit, um, a location where I'm constantly being accused of uh, being a shill for several companies. So if you're listening and you're from the subreddit, um, I guess you can keep, keep believing that. Um, but I, I don't know what you have to say about when I talk about this because I'm pretty clear about my opinions on all of these companies. So if you think I shill for them, man, those companies are pretty flexible and they're, you know, usually a company only wants you to say positive things about them. But I'm constantly saying negative things about these companies. So again, if you think I'm shilling for these companies, <laughs> I want what you're smoking. It must be some good shit. So. If you'll recall, this conversation really started on, um, or at least I started it on our Reddit. It got a little hot, I would say, just around then. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, and read my post on Reddit for those of you that haven't read it or didn't hear the last time we talked about this. So, as some of you know, as some of you may know, my post says, Cresco, Curaleaf, Columbia Care, GTI, Pharmacan, and Verano slash Ataraxia all have a history of lobbying against home grow legislation. They did it here in Illinois, and most recently they tried to do it in New York. It's maddening to see a cannabis company lobby alongside police unions and other anti-cannabis parties. It personally makes me upset that these companies, most of which claim to be a beacon, for the pro-cannabis movement are lobbying for legislation that is entirely antithetical to the cannabis legalization movement. Now, um, I want to take on the policy, I want to read the policy memo that, that I kind of referred to with regard to New York when I said most recently they tried to do this in New York. It's because they sent a policy memo to Governor Andrew Cuomo detailing why uh, they had a few reasons why they thought home grow um, should not be allowed to happen. But before I get to that, I want to remind everybody that Curaleaf uh, actually responded to this post and said, to be clear, or, or uh, I should back up a second, somebody that claims to be Curaleaf, I look at their Reddit profile, it's CLUS Admin, and when I look in their purchase history, um, their first post says, their first comment says, I'm responding on behalf of Curaleaf, um, their second post is in a Vegas subreddit saying we're sorry that you had an issue with a product purchased in our dispensary to assist you with this please email us at customer service at cure relief and then again they responded to my post clarifying what appears to be cure relief stance so I can only assume that it is cure relief 
Um, my assumption gets stronger when people from Curaleaf, random people from Curaleaf, start so- watching my social media, following me on social media, and when I message them, they just read the messages and don't respond. I don't know. They they obviously don't listen to the podcast a lot because if they did, they would be aware that I am totally capable of having a diplomatic or <laughs> like calm discussion. Um, but anyways, I, I, I got off on a tangent. So I made that post calling out these companies, saying what they did, you know, making it clear that I personally think that it is ridiculous that most of these companies that claim to be, you know, leaders of this pro-cannabis movement lobby for legislation that is entirely antithetical to the entire movement. And so Curaleaf responded to me and said, uh, to be clear, Curaleaf does not support banning home grow. The company supports legislation that limits the number of plants which can be grown for personal consumption. They said the two words that we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, personal consumption. Here's where we go down a slippery slope, folks. Curaleaf continues and says, We believe statues and regulations limiting the capacity for homegrown cannabis will protect consumers from unregulated, untested product entering the commercialized market because we believe an unregulated supply chain could be harmful to consumers. Well, wait a second, Curaleaf. We're talking about home grow for personal consumption. You said it yourself in the first couple of sentences. You said the company supports legislation that limits the number of plants which can be grown for personal consumption. Um, and they believe that limiting the capacity for homegrown cannabis will protect consumers from unregulated and untested product entering the commercialized market. It's for personal consumption. Why would it be entering the commercialized market? To finish their points, they say, we believe that the safest way for the cannabis industry to evolve is through a highly regulated marketplace that ensures products adhere to appropriate testing and consumer safety standards and is sold responsibly to adults 21 years of age or older. I don't see why, just to address that point, I don't see why allowing people to home grow would inhibit you, or prohibit you rather, um, from having a highly regulated marketplace that ensures products adhere to appropriate testing and consumer safety standards and is sold responsibly to adults 21 years of age or older. Um, the fact is, if you're um, growing cannabis for personal consumption, you're, you're growing it for personal consumption. Um, like Chicago Dab Club said, I'll loosely paraphrase because I'm kind of blanking on the quote right now, but they're assuming ill intent. If you're, you know... Because, again, the conversation is about uh, personal consumption. This is what the conversation is about. Homegrown cannabis um, for personal consumption. We're not talking about sending any um, any of this product into the commercialized market. Um, And, in fact, I've made it very clear that, in my opinion, if... Of course, if you want to grow cannabis and put it, you know, sell it in the commercialized market, then of course you should um, be subject to appropriate testing and consumer safety standards. Of course, right? So this is kind of where it all got started, and I would say the temperature got hot because they directly they directly reached out to me um, and made these statements and. Um, and now they won't respond to me. So it's it's interesting. They they can take enough time to write that out, and uh, when I respond to them, they they don't they don't owe me a reply, I guess. Um, 
But here's uh, the chapter from the New York Medical Cannabis Industry Association, which um, if you want to read this policy memo, I'm going to throw a link in the podcast description um, so that you can read uh, this policy memo alongside um, us here at the Chillinois Podcast. All right, so the link is bit.ly slash ban420. Like I said, it'll be in the podcast description. I actually paused the podcast um, to make that link so that I could read it on air. And while I was making that link, I got a phone call that lasted for a little bit over an hour. So I do apologize um, if uh, I pick up kind of roughly I kind of lost where I was um, but I recall saying that I was going to go over this letter specifically a chapter entitled the fallacy of home grow um, which was co-signed by a lot of our friends um, that sell uh, cannabis right here in the state of Illinois to say the names one more time um, Columbia Care, Cresco, Curaleaf, GTI, Pharmacan and more um, just to read a few of the others, The Botanist, Acreage, NY, Ianthus, and Virio Health. Um, you know, Marijuana Moment has reported on this, so um, that's that's where that link actually takes you to. So if you're looking for the headline and you don't want to go to our link, um, the headline from Marijuana Moment is, Marijuana Companies Urged Governor to Ban Cannabis Home Cultivation Document Shows. So let's look at that document, right? Let's look at it. Let's see... Um, their reasoning for home grow. So the chapter within the document that you can find in the article that I'm linking to you, like I say, link is in the podcast description. The chapter is called Fallacy, The Fallacy of Home Grow. So if you'd like to read about it, um, just uh, you know, do a little control F and go right to that section. It starts off by saying, in listening sessions across New York State, some stakeholders have been arguing to to permit homegrown marijuana in New York. Understandably, the request is nearly always in response to the currently high prices of medical marijuana products or individual civil civil liberty. However, homegrow creates a significant public safety and black market risk, and they they give us five reasons. And so we're going to go over each of these five reasons, but right off the bat, um, I really like how they just... Um, said, understandably, the request is always in response to the currently high prices of medical marijuana products or, you know, civil liberty. They just kind of put that as a passing thought. Um, you know, civil civil liberty, whatever. Yeah. Anyways, though, uh, let, why don't we go to their um, first point? And, and before we get into their points, I want to remind you, this conversation is uh, the conversation is as simple as this. Keep this in your mind while I go over all of these points. We are talking about the uh, allowing people, everybody, you know, assumably adults 21 years of age or older, or assumably a caregiver caring for, you know, um, a sick patient. I'm not advocating for eight, eighth graders to be able to cultivate cannabis, although I don't see why they couldn't uh, cultivate hemp for example, or, you know, help like they do on other farms. But anyways, um, I want to remind us before we start reading these points, because 
just like Cura Leaf did, and this is technically from Cura Leaf too. They co-signed. They basically co-signed this uh, memo. Um, they are part of the New York Medical Cannabis Industry Association. Are they funded? Or they have some ties. I should probably be a little bit more clear about their association, but just know that they're associated. Um, okay, let me. Sorry, I'm high. I'm coming back from an hour-long phone call. I apologize. Please, thank you for hanging with me here. Um, the conversation, I'm going to say it one more time, is about home cultivation for personal use. Okay? Keep that in your mind. I'll bring, I'm will bring. i sure I'll bring it up a few more times. Let's get into their first reason as to why they think home grow is a fallacy. Number one, home grow will make it impossible for the state to eliminate the black market. Okay. You know what I think? Just my, my take. This is my opinion. Of course, uh, I'm about to give a lot of my opinions. So, folks, I'm assuming you have opinions, too. If you'd like to share your thoughts or feedback, go to chillinoinet slash contact, and you can fill out our contact form and send us your feedback, and I will read it on air, even if you, even if you roast the shit out of me. Um, so l- let's read the point again. Home grow will make it impossible for the state to eliminate the black market. All right, this is the response from the Chillinoy podcast. You know what makes it impossible to eliminate the black market? Um, limited licensing approaches, for example. If you have a limited li- if you have a limited license market, that means that you know f- you're controlling the amount of licenses that you're giving out. In other words, you're giving licenses to some people to give them the right to sell cannabis legally but you're not giving it to other people uh, because it's a limited license approach. So however you know they work it out, here in Illinois we've got this uh, social equity lottery. Um, before all of that happened, <laughs> your guess is as good as mine how some of these companies got licenses, but I would argue that they probably helped to craft the, the, the language of the law, and I'm sure as a you know, under-the-table agreement, it's, it's like, we are the we are going to be the license holders for medical cannabis. I imagine that's how it went down in Illinois, but it's gone differently across all different states, right? Um, the process to get a license um, in Washington, we saw uh, that they kind of took a really free free uh, approach to issuing licenses, and they issued a lot of licenses, and we saw the price of cannabis tumble, um, and so. To return to their argument, they're saying home grow will make it impossible for the state to eliminate the black market. I think that the state is making it impossible to eliminate the black market by not allowing people to participate. Because if you're not allowed to participate, and if you're not allowed to sell a product that you know how to cultivate, um, but but you know the state just won't give you a license, like, uh, yeah. Uh, but I'm getting again. I'm getting besides the point. Remember, folks. See, I went down the the slippery slope. You have to remember this conversation is about cannabis for home growing cannabis for home consumption. So that if you're growing cannabis for your own consumption, that has nothing to do with the state's battle to eliminate the black market. So point number one out the fucking window. You see how easy it is when you keep what this conversation is actually about. You see how easy it is to dismiss these bullshit uh, responses when you actually remind yourself what the, what the conversation is about. 
Okay, so home grow will make it impossible for law enforcement to distinguish between legal and illegal products, thus frustrating law enforcement efforts. Well, um, cannabis is legal, correct? So why would they be trying to make a distinction between what is and isn't illegal? I don't, I don't understand this, uh, this distinction that, that this hypothetical distinction that they're going to have to make. Cannabis is legal. Um, of course, like we like to say, it's, it's, it's only kind of legal because of course, if you exceed your possession limit, then you, you're still subject to some criminal penalties. Um, but I, I don't understand why home grow home again, let's return to the main top, the main topic at hand or the main point of this conversation, which is home grow for personal consumption will not make it illegal for law enforcement to distinguish between legal and illegal products. Because if I'm allowed to home grow at home, if I'm allowed to grow at home for personal consumption, that's my legal right. <laughs> to possess, consume, um, infuse, uh, extract that product. And of course, I'm I'm not, uh, I kind of set myself up for a slippery slope there. I'm not saying people should be able to have a lab extraction, a chemical lab extraction uh, set up in their house because of course that makes you think about um, other things like manufacturing meth or whatever, and oh, are they going to blow their house up? No, but you should still be able to make rosin if you want to. That's what I mean by you should be able to do your own extractions, ex infusions, etc. So again, that point flies out the window when you remind our, you know, you remind ourselves what we're talking about, which is cultivation for personal consumption. Um, point number three. Homegrown will undermine the state undermine the state's harm reduction goal of ensuring that cannabis sold in New York is grown without noxious pesticides or other contaminants. This one is a super easy reason to throw right out the fucking window when you remind yourself what this conversation is about. The conversation <laughs> you're going to get annoyed by me saying this, but the conversation is about cultivating cannabis for personal consumption. So their their um their goal they have a state's the state has a harm reduction goal of ensuring that cannabis sold in New York is grown without noxious pesticides or other cannabis contaminants well guess what that product you know homegrown product won't be sold because it's for personal consumption ding 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 you remember what this conversation is about you fucking dumbasses sorry it's just funny how how these people how these people react. Like these these reasons sound good on face value, but if anybody with a brain has more than five seconds to process what the fuck these people are saying, you realize that they just don't hold up when you remind yourself what the conversation is about. So, home grow for point number four will undermine the state's public health interest in ensuring that cannabis sold in New York is tested packaged and labeled correctly well folks you already know where i'm going with this one if new york is uh you know if they have a uh if the state has a public health interest in ensuring that cannabis sold in new york is tested packaged and labeled properly well then they should do that they should test uh any cannabis sold in new york um they should make sure it's packaged and they should make it labeled properly well guess what 
cannabis that's cultivated for home, uh, home, you know, personal use, home, personal use, that's not sold in the state of Illinois. So I'm not sure why this, why you guys are listing these reasons and you're mentioning selling when we're talking about cultivating for personal use. Number five, home grow will cost the state tax revenue, thus hindering's hindering the state's ability to fund priorities such as drug abuse treatment and community investment. This is an interesting argument because I I see where they're coming from. They're basically trying to say that allowing people to grow at home will cut into their bottom line, thus putting tax dollars at risk, right? Because if their bottom line is affected... That means the the amount that the state is going to take home is is also affected, right? Um, so, yeah, I, I, that that one, you, I'm going to let you guys do your own thinking on that one because they didn't really go, um, they didn't really take the, the, they're just basically saying, hey, you know, we want uh, our bottom line not to be affected, and we want to make sure that as a result, uh, you guys get your tax dollars, right? I don't think that, uh, I guess I will take that one on quickly. I don't think that um, even if you gave everybody the right to grow at home, I don't think you'd see um, a lot of people actually doing it. Just the fact of the matter is it it takes a lot of time, a lot of time and effort to cultivate cannabis um, if you want to do it right. I mean, if you don't want to, if you just want to fucking plant it in your backyard, I mean, I guess you can do that. Um, but you know, when, when it comes down to it, it takes a lot of time and effort. And honestly, um, I don't think a lot of people grow here in the state of Illinois. I think more people are definitely considering cultivating cannabis for themselves. Um, but I don't think it's a a large percentage of people. I mean, you look at states like California and Colorado and sure people grow their own in those states, but for the most part, they're still making a lot of money in those stores. And that's not only because of tourists, that's because of residents. I mean, some people, just think about it, you know, home brewing is becoming more popular, but it's still, kind of, it's still kind of niche. Is that how you say it? Niche? It's still kind of new. It's still kind of rare. You, you know, the person that does it, it's a lot like cannabis cultivation. They have to have the time, the patience, the love to put in the process. The process. And I, I don't know, maybe my experience is anecdotal, but... Um, most people just go to the store and buy a pack of beer. And I think the same will be the same is and will be true of cannabis as it becomes more legalized. I don't think honestly that a lot of people are going to cultivate it at home. Um, really? So let's, let's read a little bit more about, uh, what these people have to say. Um, this is one of my favorite things that they say. Um, notably, most would-be home growers lack the skill, knowledge, and resources to ensure home grows are safe, unadulterated, and secure. Novice cultivators may not recognize dangerous fungi or appreciate the harms associated with using toxic pesticides to combat pests. So basically, um, they're telling us that we don't have the capacity um, to understand the process of cannabis cultivation. Meanwhile, they have yet to demonstrate the capability to understand any of these things. It's kind of funny. 
Really, right? You want to tell us that uh, we lack the skill, knowledge, and resources to ensure home grows are safe, unadulterated, and secure? Um, skill, knowledge, and resources. Well, the internet exists, first of all. Skill, if you can grow tomatoes, you can grow cannabis. Um, and what was the other thing? Skill, knowledge. Well, you gain knowledge from resources, and again, we've got the internet. Now is never a better time. There's there's never been a better time to start growing cannabis than now with as much inter, with as much uh, uh, information is is being shared on on the interwebs. So, um, this is this is fun right here. This next thing they say: homegrown cannabis is a vector for untested, unregulated products to flow into and support the black market. Um, I. Again, let's remind ourselves, I know I've said it more than 10 times now, and I do apologize if it's getting annoying, but this is important when you take on these documents that you remind yourself what the conversation is about because they're bringing up a lot of slippery slope, red herring arguments that are meant to distract you, uh, that are meant to sort of make sense and make people that, that just don't think for, you know, like I say, that can't process anything longer than five seconds um, some people just buy this bullshit excuse, you know, is, is looking out for the greater good. Um, so when they say homegrown cannabis is a vector for untested, unregulated products to flow into and support the black market, I just I fundamentally disagree. Um, it homegrown growing cannabis for your personal use is means that you're not selling it in the black market because it's it's for your personal use, right? Um, th this is funny. A good home grower can grow up to 15 to 20 pounds of cannabis each year from a single plant. From a single plant, they say. <laughs> 15 to 20 pounds from a single plant. Um, and I love now that they're admitting that there is the possibility of good home growers um, when earlier they said, notably, most people that would choose to home grow lack the skill, knowledge, and resources uh, to, 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 to do anything, right? So we're too stupid. Um, they, they, you know, they're more than capable. Um, th this, is, this last bit's good. Um, New York State has gone to great lengths to ensure only clean, tested, properly packaged, labeled, uh, medicinal quality cannabis is sold in the marketplace, allowing untested, unlabeled, improperly packaged cannabis to be grown in the, in the state runs directly contrary to New York's public policy goals. Um, you know, <laughs> again, I, these these ideas are not mutually exclusive. You can walk and chew bubblegum, bubble believe it or not, bubblegum. Ooh, that's dirty. Um, yeah, y y you know, so the idea that, so they make it as if, like, the the fight is futile. You know, New York's gone to great lengths to ensure only clean, tested, properly packaged, and labeled medicinal quality cannabis is sold in the marketplace, but if we allow people to grow for themselves, we're not going to be able to test, label, and package it anymore. No, you will be able to. If you have a fucking license to sell cannabis, of course, you're still going to be subject to testing you're still gonna have to label your fucking product 
and you're going to have to make it uh, properly packaged, you know, in other words, uh, child proof, right? Um, this is just fucking hilarious, honestly. I wanted to break this down. Um, I, I wish I could have done it in one take. I feel like I lost um, my, my like, mental progress of where I was headed with this. So, folks, I'm sorry if, like, the second half of this episode was a little bit weak but the point that I really want to make and I've made it so many times that by this point you're probably throwing up but when we're talking about the um, right for people to cultivate cannabis at home for personal use we're not talking about allowing them to sell it to people of course if you're gonna sell cannabis to people it's common sense it's a common sense thing that if you're going to sell any product, um, you know, here in the United States, that it needs to be subject to some regulations. In other words, you need a license, right? I can't just start making um, cookies at home and uh, I can't just like put them on a shelf in Walmart. Like it just doesn't work that way, um, you know. And this this all flies in the face of, like, I, I feel bad for not bringing this up right now, but, you know, we're talking about um, the fact that, um, you know, one of their reasons was that home growers just don't understand, um, they don't have the skill, knowledge, and resources to ensure their grows are safe, unadulterated, and secure, um, they may not recognize dangerous fungi or appreciate the harms using uh, associated with using toxic pesticides. Um, you know, where's the concern with regard to that with everybody that grows vegetables at home, right? And I mean vegetables again because we've been talking about uh, cultivating for personal consumption with vegetables and and things like that that you grow so corn tomatoes zucchini like it's commonplace here in the united states that we have farmers markets or that that you give it to your neighbor no questions asked um you know if we're so concerned about how ignorant our populace is maybe we need to start thinking about banning the home cultivation of uh vegetables and and fruit because, you know, we're way too ignorant to handle cannabis. So I don't know that we have the mental capacity to handle um, vegetables. And of course, folks, I hope you know that I'm joking, but I'm trying to show the ludicrousy, how ludicrous the, these arguments are. I mean, look, let's, let's just be completely real. There are going to be people that fuck up. There are going to be people that live in Flint, Michigan, and this is, I, I get that this might not be a politically correct example, but realize that I'm trying to apply some humor when I say this. There might be people in Flint, Michigan that use their tap water to water their cannabis plants, not realizing that, you know, they're basically making a cannabis plant that is rich with heavy metals and whatever the fuck else is in Flint, Michigan's water, right? This is going to happen. They're right. Not everybody's smart. But again, we allow everybody to cultivate 
tomatoes, potatoes, fucking corn, and of course the people that sell it on a large scale have to get licensed. But that's not what we're advocating for. We're advocating for people to be able to grow it at home. And at this point, I feel like I've beat that horse dead. You know? We will we will return to this topic, um, but I want to spare your sanity. I, I hope you listen to this whole thing. I hope I make some sort of sense. I hope I'm recording right now. I'm recording right now. I was like, fuck, did I even hit record? Have I just been talking to myself this whole time? And I have been. I have been talking to myself this whole time. Nobody else is here. Is that, you ever thought about that when you listen to podcasts? It's just somebody talking to themselves. I'm just basically giving a speech to my closet. That's what I'm looking at right now. My closet's in front of me. Beautiful view. Um, but yeah, I, I think about that sometimes. I listen to the Monday morning podcast with a comedian. Uh, his name is Bill Burr. He's from Boston. And basically his whole format is it's kind of in the format of this show where you, where you just rant um, and, and just talk to yourself <laughs> for the most part. So I hope um, it was at least listenable. I also hope that it that you learned something from this conversation because um this is fucking crazy. And I, I want to name these companies again. I want to give credit to Marijuana Moment, Kyle Yeager for doing reporting on this. Um let's pull up what was that link again? It'll be in the podcast description. Um but god damn it, what was it? bit.ly We'll figure it out here in a second. But yeah, I wanted to name these names again. Oh, it's bit.ly slash ban420, B-A-N-420. Um, that'll be in the podcast description if you want to read this article, if you want to read this memo. And like I say, if you just go to the chapter that's entitled The Fallacy of Home Grow, you can see some of the lines that I specifically discussed in this podcast. And um, yeah. So please give me some feedback on this. I, you know, when I do things like this, you have to realize I'm taking time out of my day to try to inform you all of uh, where these people actually stand and what they actually say. Because I mean, they wrote these things down. They they wrote these stupid fucking things down as if as if they were like valid reasons against allowing people to home grow. It's pretty funny. Um, and I also hope that these continued conversations show you that um, we don't have like any loyalty necessarily to anybody. I mean, I definitely respect people. And again, uh, like I said at the beginning of the show, Kiraleaf, I, I'm sure, I'm sure you're still hate listening. Um, we're capable of having, uh, di- you know, respectful dialogue with with everybody and we have go back and listen through our podcasts um with licensed cultivators for example i think that'd be the best one for you uh mr alex um yep i said your name um hello uh yeah i think that would be a good one for you to listen to as you try to think about whether or not you're going to send anybody from your team onto our show um because you know yeah, I I think it would help you, honestly, if you came on and just, I'm not asking you to admit you're wrong, <laughs> I'm just asking you to come on and have a conversation, 
and I'll talk about I'll talk to you about why you're wrong or why I think you're wrong. Um, but it'll it'll be civil, right? It'll be civil. So you're you're welcome to come on, Alex, and um, you know uh, anybody else that I mentioned in the show. I'm just mentioning you because I see you, I see you, and you saw me too. You saw that message that I sent you, so you chose not to respond, and that's cool, right? That's cool. I I did appreciate your original um, message though that I read earlier on the show because. It, it it was uh yeah <laughs> it fell right in line with the policy memo that you and your team uh you know co-signed on so um your posi- your positions are clear um but if you'd like to clarify them any more come on the show and with that oh i don't know if i have anything else to say um we're we're working th- we're working on things with this podcast i want to make some changes to it um, I want to add a little bit of structure to it. A lot of what I like about this podcast is is the lack of structure, but I'm gonna allow, I'm gonna do some things. So just stay tuned for changes. Um, and back to the the conversation of loyalty again. You know, I hope that that we show you that uh, uh, you know we're gonna fight for what we think is right, and uh, we don't care who you are if you're saying something that we don't agree with. Um, we'll, we'll take you on in civil dialogue to figure out, um, you know, where you're coming from, where we're coming from, and maybe we can meet somewhere in the middle. I think that's what's lacking today, um, with the internet, you know, it gives people the ability to just give some stupid ass canned response, um, without actually fleshing out where they're coming from, why they're coming from and everything else. And of course, canned responses can be to people's benefits but i but i digress i'm i'm going way i'm going down a, i'm going down tangent lane here people so again uh i'm gonna cut this show show store because it sh- fuck this show short um because at this point i'm just rambling um but again i i just to quickly recap i hope that you found um some value in this and i hope that it was lucid because I recorded, you know, parts of this podcast at different times. Please go to chillinoy.net slash contact to give me feedback, to roast me, to tell me just how fucking wrong I am, right? Just tell me just tell me how wrong I am. I've been working I've been working on my off air mics or off air mic yells. I really like that. You know, this sounds like I'm really angry. Like, what the fuck is going on over here? I like it. it. It's it's good. So, all right, Chillinoy. Until next time. Cheers.